Ashley Brock reading Diana Palmer's book Protector, Chapter 15. Haynes and Bennett had awakened from a brief nap, both shivering with the cold. It was a long time since Pepito had left them. Neither of them expected him to return. They were resigned to the fact that he sold them out. I wonder what that explosion was all about, Haynes murmured. Maybe a gas tank blew up in that place. It sounded like a grenade, he said quietly. In fact, like several grenades. She glanced up at him. We'll probably never know, she said heavenly. She pulled the blankets close around him. Well, in a few hours, it will be daylight, and we can start walking again. The sound of footsteps was loud in the darkness. A sudden movement caught Manette's attention. Instinctively, she grabbed the rifle and shouldered it. Ames would have hardly have been able to lift it. She knew with his shoulder in such bad shape. Senoras, do not fire. This is me, Pepito. She clutched the rifle, waiting with breathless fear to see if he was alone. He walked into the camp with an arm over. I am sorry it took so long. I had to go very far to find a sort of wood that would make a smokeless fire. Mesquite trees are sparse around here. The Americans covet the wood for their how do you say barbecues? So the trees are sold, and now they diminish by the year. It is very sad. Thanks, Peter, for not selling us out, but it took several dollars granted. I give you my word, replied with a managed. He replied and managed a smile, his white teeth showing in the darkness. I would never break it. So you have wood. Thanks. Thanks to you. So we have wood. Thanks to you, Manette replied. Now all we need is a match. Perhaps I can help you with that. Came a deep, slow voice from the darkness just beyond the overhang. Manette clutched the rifle. She felt Hayne sit up tensely beside her. Pepito froze in place. They waited as the occupants of the camp held their collective breath. A familiar tall man with long black hair walked softly into the camp. Haynes remembered him from the argument back at Manette's house. He found around his jean pocket. Well, maybe not. I'm out of hand grenades. He grinned his teeth white in the darkness. You can't start a fire with a hand grenade. Sure you can. You just have to stand way back while you throw it into a wood pile. He glanced at the pizza. You should ask your big boss, Alorino, how effective it is. I mean, if you can sew him back together again. His face was hard as stuff. I'm sure Charo Mendez will take his place now. But it'll most likely be along soon to kill her. Handicate Manette, you know, that's Pepito. You do, I'm afraid. Pepito crossed himself, fell to his knees, and started to pray. What? Carson asked, none told the man. The big boss had his wife and children hostage, Manette explained. They were, they were going to torture and kill them if he stepped out of line. Oh no, Pepito panicked, coming to a sudden resolution. Once it is known that Pedro Mendes is dead, they will kill my family, he wept. Carson motioned, and four men came into the camp. One looked very much like Pepito. They won't kill your family. Tell him, he indicated their Hispanic companion, where they are, he told the prisoner. You would save them? Pepito said, I would do anything. Just talk to him. We're running out of time. Yes, yes, thank you. Carson took the two people, huddled under the rock. He went. Down on the knee and pulled out a pack. He nodded Haynes' bearded teeth. Coldron said, you're being some pain. I've got something for you. If I take anything, I won't be able to walk. Haynes replied with a worried smile. I'll manage it. I'm a field medic. 
don't argue. Carson administrated an injection. Any fever, other symptoms. And you said, can you press 185 pounds? Yes. Yes, I could. Carson replied, why? Because that's how much I weigh, and I'm not going to be able to walk if I'm sedated. Carson smiled grimly and not a problem. Ms. Rayner, are you all right? He asked her. She said, well, actually, I do think I have a hangnail. Carson made a face. Watch out for her. He's had on wheels with an AK. She rescued us all by herself. He grinned from ear to ear. Yes, well, about that, she said sheepishly. She produced the AK-47 and handed it to Carson sideways with a weary grin. I actually don't know if it's loaded or if the safety's on. What the hell, you bluffed? He ain't explained. He's like, well, I couldn't actually take the time to check if you know what I mean. But Pinto might have noticed that I couldn't fire the damn thing. Haynes burst out laughing and held out an arm. She went under it and clung to him. I'm never playing poker with you. He told her he kissed her. She grinned up at him. Good idea. Carson just shook his head. In case you wondered, it is loaded and the safety's off. Too much information. She told him, I don't want to know. She said, I hate guns. Me? Yeah, learn to tolerate them, though. Haynes told her sheriff's wife has to conform a little bit. You're marrying him, Carson asked her. Apparently, she left. I'm not coming to the wedding. Wait until you're invited to refuse your wife. Not coming anyway. She laughed. Okay, but thank you for saving us. I thought you already did that. He replied in his dark eyes, matter. Save yourself and him. I just got us out of captivity. It's still on our way to the border. We were lost. Not anymore. I still can't walk much further. Hates put. Had to admit, although it hurt his pride. No worries, I told you. He held up a hand, made a circular motion with it. The flare lit up the night. Seconds later, the sound of a huge helicopter was heard as it approached. See? He added to Haynes. He added to Haynes and laughed. They arrived back in Manette's house, exhausted to be with tearful, anxious faces when they walked inside. The children grabbed first minute, then Haynes, sobbing the whole time. Aunt Sarah managed to get a hug in, wiping her eyes as well. Two men sitting in the living room got up and came to meet them. Karen Breyer and Rodrigo Ramirez smiled. Glad you made it out, Rodrigo told them. We were just leaving town after a fruitless discussion with the mayor of Corordial when somebody, he looked past the at Carson, who was standing just side, side the door, apparently tossed a hand grenade right into a convoy of high-level drug lords. Slight correction. Carson had other things. It was three hand grenades, not one. <laughs> We've no idea who did it, of course, Ramirez continued with his If we did, we'd probably have him hanged. If you did, Carson replied, a few of his friends might have something to say oh, to my no. first cousin's Wait, husband. No, Your cousin's no. husband, Garen Breyer, asked. Yes, he's the senior senator from South Dakota. Carson smiled politely. Breyer actually gone. He's on the committee that has to approve our budget request. Arms to Mayor Cedric Christ. So can we call that a standoff? Carson inquired. Breyer threw up his hands and turned away. 
We are going to do everything in our power to gain his release. We're going to go to knit. I had to telephone my cousin to get us into Mexico past the border guard. Your cousin, Haynes ass. Your cousin, Haynes ass. You not. He was president of Mexico until the recent election. Kerosene glared at him. Name dropping. Very unclothed. Ramirez actually grinned. We were on our way out of town to call on our negotiator to deal with the mayor when the convoy blew up. But the wheels of government turned slowly, Ramiro said. Too slowly for some of us. Cursed interjection. You're lucky not to be on your way to federal prison, Grier said shortly. Carson made a face at him. Come on, guys. I believe in the rule of law as much as you do. Haynes had a button in this case. <laughs> Manette would have been long dead before diplomacy did its work. <laughs> and so would I. I have to agree, Ramirez said. I owe my life to one of your colleagues. He added, of course, having suffered a kidnapping myself some years ago. Which brings us to the point of our visit, Grandpa. I believe you have some information about a DEA agent who might be working with the cartel across the border. Hangs on. I was on my way to meet with the computer tech when they grabbed us, but he had the computer and had just accessed the hard drive. Why are you looking at me like that? He added, frowning. We were hoping he told you something. No, but it was at my office. Haynes continued. We found him about an hour ago, Briar interrupted Solomon. In a ditch. What? Carson exploded. He was tortured and killed, Briar continued. And the computer was taken away. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Haynes explained. God. He was a good man, Carson said through his teeth. We'll find who did it. I swear we will. Hey, in the meantime, he added, "Thanks for getting us out." He held his out, held out his hand. Carson, if I can ever do anything for you, well, anything legally, he had a little traumas to do my best. You can find who did that to Joey. Carson, not that we won't be looking as well. He held up his hand when Haynes and the others started putting us. No hand grenades, I swear. They not. At least not on the side of the border. Carson said under his breath. The excitement was over. Haynes was saddened by the death of the young computer whiz, but so happy to have Nett safe from home again. Her father had called over Jerry at her rescue. I was dubious about the man's offer to help. He confessed to Minette on the speaker, but obviously he knew what he was about. I will give him anything he wants for the rest of his life. We'll save him. Also, that man Pepito is not working for me. Doing some legal, doing something legal, Nina. I swear, he had a crook. His family lives in the country now, on my rancho. I am teaching Pepito how to work with horses. I think he will be a natural. The man will try again, won't he? When that ass kidnapped me to kill Haynes. Oh, you mean I'll let know if he was honest. They did not tell you? <laughs> tell me. What? She asked, exchanging puzzled glances with me. Alina was so excited about your captor that he wished to see you tortured, he said grimly. So he and his lieutenant were in the convoy that was on his way to the mayor's house. Someone, I cannot think who, popped a hand grenade into his SUV. He's dead? Lynette explained. Oh, yes, quite dead, along with the boss who was going to torture you for him. I assure you. We've dealt a savage blow to the drug organization, which leaves only mine in command of the entire territory. <laughs> he had a friendly smug laugh. 
What is that? The fruit is getting controlled, isn't it? It's like, me now. He sets up. The fruit does brothers were my first cousins. This is one brother left. The whole family. He chuckled. She got her brother. Well, you do want yeah, they understand that if you do anything illegal here, I'll have to arrest you. <laughs> so I'll do it sadly, but I'll do it. I know that. No worries. I have no intention to breaking the law on American soil. I have my daughter's welfare and reputation to consider. Thanks, Minutes and stuff. And thanks for sending that absolutely certified lunatic to save us. As I understand, it's you saved yourself in the shadows. <laughs> I helped. She said, Monica. The Fatos told me everything, including about the jeweled, what do you call it, tulip roll handler. I had hardly stopped laughing since. My daughter, the younger son, warrior, she laughed so comfortably. I guess we never know what we can do until we're put to the test. She agreed. I am most proud of you, Fiona. Your mother, God rest her blessed soul, would be very proud also. Thanks. Your, your injuries were not complicated by the kidnapping. Now I'm doing very well. He's replied. By the way, I'm marrying your daughter. Yes, so I have heard. He chuckled. This does please me. In return, I will make sure that none of my people break the law in your jurisdiction. You have my word. I'll be grateful. He told him with a way twist of his lips. And for the time being, it would be as well if no one knew our relationship. For certain, Nina, I will always have enemies. He replied. This byproduct of the disparate times in which we live, the trade in which I involve myself. We'll be vigilant, Haynes promised. That is all I ask. Are you sure you want to marry me? Minette asked later when they were alone in Haynes' bedroom after the children and Sarah had gone to bed. I mean, I run a newspaper, and what a scoop I'm going to have on the front page next week. But my father isn't a tourist drug lord. My brother wasn't a tourist drug user, Hayden Meyer. We both have things to live with, or live now, whichever it is. The important thing is, is that we have each other. He smiled, so yes. He bent to her mouth. Have I told you? He whispered into her mouth. And I love you quite madly. I hurt you. No. He's my Well, she thinks there are no other. I love you too, she said a little shyly. His smile I had a feeling he moved over here. He eased her down on the other side of him. He was wearing pajama bottoms and nothing else. She was in slacks and a t-shirt. But a few minutes later, those articles were on the floor. This is not a good idea. She panted even as she opened her legs so that he could slap him. We're getting married as soon as we get a license. He girl sliding his good arm, hand under her hips publicly announced our intentions. <laughs> oh, God, he groaned so harshly that she thought he was dying. But at the same time, she heard the groan, felt the hardness of him go right inside her with an enthusiasm that almost taped in the sudden sharp pain that made her grind her cheek together. I'm sorry, he whispered brokenly, even as he got, I can't help it. I know she didn't have to be told that it had been years for him. He was so hungry that he could barely contain it. He felt his mouth covering hers, his hands going between them, quickly to touch her in ways that shocked at first and then the latter. Try to relax. He was, I'll make it as good for you as I can. It's all right. She moved with him, looked into the sudden urgency of his body. 
Don't his intense away pay and replace it with attention that grew and grew and grew till it exploded in a hill of white heat that enveloped her, consumed her. She heard the quick sharp movements of their bodies against the crisp sheets, saw the ceiling come and go over Haynes' shoulder as he drove blindly for satisfaction. She thought there wouldn't be time that she wouldn't catch up to him before he found his own satisfaction, but her body followed his, arched up to receive it, ground itself against his hips until she felt the heat suddenly burst inside her, just as he groaned hoarsely and shivered again and again, marching down into her with all the power of his hot body. She clung to him, her hips on his chest, her lips on his chest and his throat as the furious heat washed over them and left him breathless and naked wet. So quick, he was for I'm sorry. No, I felt it. She was back, but I really felt it. He lifted his head. Still breathing heavily, and looked into her melting dark. I hurt you. Oh, that little damn it's not unexpected after such a barrage. Shocking on eager. Yes. The smile faded, he held her eyes, my moved slowly, rotating his hips. She gasped. He did it again, watched her for signs of discomfort. Fascinated with this new adventure, she looked down, saw her curiosity and lifted his hips, let her watch as he eased out again. Penetrating her radiant. So that's what it looks like, she whispered huskily. And how it feels. She looked up into his face, all his eyes go to her breast, her tips hard as stone, her body rifled as he moved on it. I never dreamed it would be so, so intimate. I never dreamed it would be so perfect. The first time he was right, the only thing I didn't like was having to hurt him. It only hurt a little. She felt more confident now. She lifted her own hips and moved them and washed his face completely. And you can make up. You can make it up to me right now like this. He shuddered as she moved on her. Don't fight it. She was like, don't hold back. Don't hold anything back. Go inside me as hard as you can, as deep as you can. The words burned him with his passion in the white heart. You see, pushed down into her and caught her clothes, reverting her to him while he chose into her. His eyes were wild with passion, his face was Watch me, he would watch. She couldn't have dragged her eyes away to save her life. He shivered and shivered again, and then arched up and cried out as the pleasure brought him almost to unconsciousness. All the while, she was riding the crest of the heat, feeling it swell inside her, feeling a raging torrent, sweeping her closer and closer and closer to edge of some imaginable delight, some incredible joy. And came suddenly, like being dropped from a great height. She gasped and then fell through layers and layers of feeling until at last she arched up and sobbed endlessly, clinging to him, lifting to him, grinding against him as she tried hopelessly to cling to that slippery pleasure for as long as possible, but it's fleeting, quick, and gone. She wets and craned her against him, smoothing his hand up and down her spine, so joined her as intimately as he could be. It doesn't last. She stopped. No, but remember that will last us until we're open gray. I think he was remembered. Not even in my wildest dreams was I ever that sated. I never had wild dreams. I didn't know what it was like, what it could feel like. She kissed the chest. I guess we can't miss something we'll never have. He kissed her forehead to her. No, he told her, her face up to us. And now you belong to make a pink completely. And you belong to me. He's like, no, she protested. Kids would come and see me first thing in the morning, and I really think they don't need to find us like this, he said, tugging check. 
She looked at him boldly. Her eyes lingered on my. You're beautiful. Are you, honey? She said, We jumped the gun. Oh, it blew up the gun. He was. She had him gently. Oh, Hank, your shoulder secret. It will survive. He promised it's a little sore, but it was worth it. You days you sat back, maybe nothing more deadly on it. Okay. You gotta come on. We'll have a nice bath and go to bed. A bath together. Save water and soap. He said she left. Okay. They showered, touching and kissing, and then they dressed. Haynes kissed her goodnight. She went back to her room to sleep. She finally managed a few hours before the kids came bouncing into her bed. Her room and jumped on the bed. Lynette, we're hungry. <laughs> she laughed and feel like, I'll come cook breakfast right now. I want oatmeal, Julie said. I want eggs, Shane said. You can have both. Get out and let me dress up. Yes, Manette, Julie led the way. Manette dressed, feeling a new strange soreness that she assumed was from her nocturnal exercise. She cooked breakfast, exchanged soft glances with Haynes. I suppose you should all know that Manette and I are getting married license today, Haynes told the other. We're getting married to you, Julie said. Oh, Hayes, this is wonderful. She jumped out of her chair, ran to hug him. So did Jane. You can live with us and we can watch cheap movies together. And we protect you so nobody ever shoots you again. She promised. That's right, Jane said. So, and we can watch wrestling together. Haynes hugged him, trying to hide the brightness of his eyes until he had it under control. I'll buy more movies. She promised. Sarah got up and hugged him too. You know how I feel for that. No need to tell you how proud I am to add you to the family. Thanks, Sarah. Now, we all, now all we need have to do is line up a minister. Hates. Now all we have to do is line up a minister. Hates told Manette. And they did. The wedding was a social event. Everybody showed up. Even people who weren't actually invited. The happy couple said their vows at the altar. Kissed them were pelted with rice and confetti all the way out of the church. And they took beautiful sunlight. Manette's photographed or captured images of her in her contour white wedding gown with its delicate pastel world echoed in the fingertip veil and the bouquet she carried. She tossed it and watched with dismay as it was caught by a foreign looking tall man with a mustache. She grinned at her. Her father, she looked at Aids and gasped. He shrugged and grinned. She ran and hung around. Thanks for the wedding presents, he said. But you shouldn't have. Jaguars are the safest cars on the market. This one is special order. It has armor. <laughs> it had it for the sniper, so I certain you will be safe when you're driving. I like your family, need not. He added generally. They are precocious, the children. Yes, very precocious. She reached up and kissed you. I'm glad you came. Yes, Brandon, I know what to do. He shrugged. My daughter was getting married, but I must go now. He indicated a few minutes since. Where did they come from? They are either from government agencies or they are aliens in disguise, he said gloomily. Who knows? He lifted his hand and waved at the men's suit, men in suits. Amazingly, they grinned and waved back. He said, hey, without me, they wouldn't have jobs. Yes, <laughs> yes, she had to concede that. They had a trouble. She told him, of course. See, winked at her, put on his sunglasses, motioned to his bodyguards, and exiled the, <laughs> exiled the fellowship hall. The ministers followed dutifully behind. Is this a wedding or a bus? She asked. Actually, 
Actually, the boy said from behind it. It's a bit of both. Cash cry granddaughter. His beautiful red-headed wife, Kippy, was on his arm wearing a green cre creation that made her look like a cover girl, which, of course, she was. I couldn't miss the wedding. I just hate taking her out public. He indicated his wife was like, before the day is over, I'll have to arrest my own officers for lewd behavior. Stop that, truly. He started like one of his trollmen trollmen by the door. The young officer snapped to attention, looked flushed, didn't look. See, cast on, exasperated. I'll wear a big bag next time, Tippy promised, and went on tiptoe to kiss his rugged cheek. He hugged Never. I love showing you off too much. He chuckled. Even with the complications, he glared at another officer who was openly staring at Tippy. The man cleared his throat and went back to the punch table. He won't have those with me, Manette left pressing close to him. I'm just ordinary, I ain't. Ha! Tippy's holding out a drug, holding off a drug dealer with an AK-47, and you're just ordinary. Yeah, well, you stopped an assassin with a cast iron skillet and that shot back. Stuff of legends, cast is looking. Both of them, Haynes agreed, pulling the net close. I totally agree. Toast! He picked up a glass of punch and called for an attention. To the sheriff and his lady, many... Happy years, many children, much joys. Here, here, they all drank. What was that part about many, many children? Manette asked sleepily, with pure joy in her voice and her eyes. They lay in a satisfied tangle in a bed and pan moss that he poured us. I'm working on it. He leave me alone. I'm tired. Tired? Shush. It's bushy. He sat up in bed. She's like crackers and milk. <laughs> He laughed and lay back down, poor boy. We could have gone overseas, you know, he murmured. The places you want to go wouldn't work. Carson seems to be wanted in at least two of them. He said. Why did we have to bring him along on our honeymoon? Well, it's not as if he's in here with us, he pointed out. Last time I saw him, he was glaring at a pretty young blonde who was flirting with him on the beach. He looked the, He took a margarita to bed with him. Some help he'll be if we're surrounded by drug lords after revenge, he muttered. He had two of his friends with him. My father sent them along. She shook her It's going to be a very strange marriage case. He kissed her nose. A very happy one. She closed her eyes with a sigh of pressure. Merry Christmas. That's next week, he pointed out. We'll be home then. I'm celebrating early. Merry Christmas, he pulled his closer. Merry Christmas, honey. She curled up in his arms and went to sleep. The next morning, he had breakfast and walked along the beach, watching the tide roll in and out on tiny, white, foamy waves. She danced in and out of them because it was too cold to go waiting. We'd have to come here in warm weather and bring the kids, he said smiling. They'll love playing in the sand. <laughs> you really don't mind that? I've already got a ready-made family, do you? She said. They're my kids. I love them. They love you, too. So do I. She had a softy ring. I love you too, honey. Forever. Forever. She looked out of the Gulf of Mexico, her eyes bright with love and happiness, looking forward to a future she never expected. Her hand tangled in hands and she moved closer to me. Life is an unexpected journey, she said, Philip. 
with unexpected rewards. He gets the top of her, and that's enough philosophy for one day. Race to the coffee. You're on. She gasped and pointed behind him. Is that a pelican? While he was diverted, she burst into a run and made the door just seconds ahead of him. She was still laughing when he reached her. End of chapter 15.